Welcome back, folks. Give me one second. We're going to get this all started. It's brand new video, audio. We're doing the whole damn thing. Let's see if I remember how to do it. All right. And where are we live? Give me. Okay. And we're live. Here we go. We're doing it. All right, everyone, welcome back to Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, with audio and visual. Um, as you can see, uh, the office and stuff. Uh, new place to do all the podcasting, and I said I was going to get it done. I know it's like uh, fucking two years later, but we're back. We're going to get into the new year with more with the new fights that are coming out. Uh, obviously, there's stuff in all MMA news to talk about. Um, it's been a kind of chaotic couple weeks, to be honest. Uh, and then on top of that, obviously getting the gym all set up and fighters fighting and continuing that ball rolling. I've got Troy fighting this weekend, uh, in California. I don't know the promotion. It's Uriah Faber's promotion. Um, Faber... MMA promotion, and he's fighting for the title at 185, A1 combat. Actually, now that I've, now I've got this, right? All right, this is a, he'll be fighting on this card. It'll be on Fight Pass, so if you have Fight Pass, you can see, I'm pretty sure he's the main event. I don't think there's any highlights of him considering he's not fought on it before. Is this it? Yeah. The July. Let me move this thing out of the way. July or January 20th or 13th. I'm not buying tickets. There you go. Troy Green, vacant middleweight title against Ryan Loader. Troy coming out of Sacramento at this time. He's fighting, or he's training with Team Santos, BJJ, and Scrap Pack and all of them. And he'll be fighting Friday, so tomorrow, against Ryan Loader, who's a Team Alpha Male guy. Got all right striking, and then obviously tries to wrestle because he's an NCAA uh, champion and so our mentality is especially for Troy since he's he's a pro he's five and one as you can see he's had he's fought top level guys he fought Johan Lanais as we all know um at CFFC and his last fight he won pretty dominantly at ring of combat for the middleweight championship there and we're, and he's in a specific point in his life where he's five and one six MMA fights you could try to start going to the UFC as far as doing the Dana White Contender Series or finding uh, your entrance into that way. Or you could go the feeder promotion route, which is a Uriah Faber promotion like this or CFFC again or something like that. And either fight a couple times in there until you get the call to a Dana White Contender Series or until you get the call to fight... Um, or until you get the call to fight for like an actual MMA or like an actual UFC fight, like on a fight night or something. I like the plan that Troy's kind of come up with and it's, I think it'll work well in the end. And that's keep fighting in these promotions rather than jumping right into an LFA again. I mean, obviously the call's there and the money's right. Do it. But why not go to these other promotions grab a bunch of titles, get paid title fights and pro promotions, and then just accumulate a bunch of belts. Obviously, defend. you want to hear them defend, but it's like, this isn't the UFC. If you just prove that you are cha- you are championship level in every promotion all over the country, I mean, it make yourself undeniable, right? And also, it's not bad to just have a bunch of belts in your closet that you get to hold on to and be like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to defend this. So, plus, do it a couple times. He's got 
he's got two belts already from uh, Ring of Combat. So just like adding another one from this one, it, it just looks nice. It looks nice and people want to get behind it. Right? It makes you look like a winner. Right? People love winners. It's the hard reality of the sport. I was talking about it the other day. Um, people love winners. And if you want an invest, if you want to get investment in something, I think someone was building a fight house or something like that off their own money. And I, in my mind, I was like, that is the dumbest investment possible. One fighters bringing no money. Two, you're just you're you're literally begging people to just like eat from your hand and kind of develop a weird relationship where they feel like they owe you, but also you're paying them to like fuck around all day and. It just gets weird, and unless the only way I would go about a fighter house would be is if would be if an angel investor or a company decided to sponsor the house, um, dated reference because they don't exist anymore. I don't think, but Bang Energy Fighter House, that's exactly what I'd go about. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even introduce that idea until someone wanted to put money into what you're selling and like i said if you're not putting out really good guys and your fighters aren't top tier um i mean you got a guy here welterweight title fighting vacantly for pro he's nine and nine if he loses this fight he as a pro he's nine and ten you know see what i mean like i'm not not to pick on Ozzy Alvarez, but the point being is if I had a bunch of guys like Ozzy Alvarez in a house, no one's going to put money into that investment. And so to do it on my own back and then hope that this guy gets into UFC, hard truth or reality is probably not. I'm not getting anything, but there's no ROI on that. And I'm going to go bankrupt. Um, to sum it all up, the point is people like winners and that's the hard reality of the sport. And that's why everyone loves MMA is because there's the idea of one-on-one -on -one combat. It doesn't get more personal and intimate than that. But the real sad part about it, and that's why the UFC has that UFC or the UFC has that like YouTube video compilation of past, past events called the, what is it? The like, um, what is it called? Uh, anguish and well, we'll figure it out right now. Um, we'll figure it out right now. Uh, something about the ang anyway, the point being is it's so, it's so the thrill the thrill and sorry i i found it so i'm like never mind i thought i found it but the point being is it's the harsh reality that comes into that is there's always a winner and a loser and the winner usually has a better time financially than the loser that's why a lot of people don't agree i I'm that kind of person. I don't agree fighters should get paid on whether or not they like their fight or their payment should be dependent on whether or not they win or lose. I think they should get paid. Um, and then whether they win or lose, that's like, like the financial stuff should come from oh, the financial stuff should come from that. Right? Like if they win, then people are more likely to want to invest and you get more you get more opportunities. And if you lose, you don't. So then you lose out on all these other financial opportunities. Rather than like whether or not my kids eat is dependent on whether or not I step in that cage and win. Especially when the owner of the whole thing only win has been by a slap boxing competition and oh wait that wasn't slapping competition sorry that was new year's eve and that's news we can get into but uh the point being is that's what makes us that's what makes the sport so intriguing it's the closest to that gladiatorial combat that you're gonna get and i guess if you're dana white you can argue that like at least they're fighting and getting paid. Remember when the gladiators fought and they didn't get paid? So, right. No one remembers that because no one was alive.
Why is this so hard to find? Um, the thrill, the thrill and something. Aha! The thrill and the agony sneak peek. There you go. The thrill and the agony. That's why people love this. Long story short. Um, but anyway, I'm glad to be back. Uh, remember, subscribe to the podcast. We're going to be on YouTube, so hit that noti bell. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, obviously, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you listen to the podcast, download it there. All right. Um, we're going to go over some of the fights that are coming up this weekend because we have Strickland versus Imamov. Imamov? Nasruddin. I like the guy. Um, it was supposed to be Kelvin Gastelum. Intriguing fight. Now you get like the opposite. Not the op. Well, kind of the opposite of Kelvin Gastelum. Um, and there are a couple fights that got canceled. Jai Hilton's not fighting. Jeff Neal versus Shavkat Rachmanov isn't fighting, and that was kind of a big one. But the fight card's got some pretty, pretty, pretty good uh fights on it, despite all that. In the prelims, you have Abdul Razak Al Hassan leaning off the pre like headlining the prelims. Oh. Headlining the prelims. Um, so, possible fireworks. Or this Claudio Hibero dude just, like, takes him down. He's 30. Oh, this is the guy that, like, left hook knocked out his opponent. I'm a screen addicted tween. And, and I'm um, not posting on social media. I don't feel seen. Oh, my God, my... Yeah, he, like, knocked his opponent out. Boom. Uh, with the left hook. And it was like the same. He he knocked that dude out before with the same shot. I don't know. Some people. It was like their third fight together too. Um, but he's coming off. I guess that win. I don't know. Let's see. And then Abdul just fought. Sure dog. Joaquin Buckley and lost in split decision. So. Yeah, if I'm him, I'm trying to get that win. Other than that, prelims not so much to talk about. And then main card, you have Usman Nurmagomedov. So I guess we can go ahead and talk about the Nurmagomedov saga that's been going on right now. Uh, Khabib, I don't know why he gets so much publicity as far as, I mean, I get why he gets so much publicity in the MMA world. I do. I understand completely. Uh, quote unquote, greatest lightweight of all time. Uh, it's like, people are like, well, pick another. Okay. Well, there's, there's not yet, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't just, his record is impressive. 29 and 0 like no one else has i love this i love his technique i highly encourage any fighter to find his instructionals online go take the go give those a peek they're on youtube some at least some of them are i'm not doubting any of that right what i'm doubting is the quote-unquote nut hugging that comes from the mma media about khabib like they follow his every step they give him coach of the year. Now, no doubt, like the fighters that he was in the corner of, they won and, you know, he stayed undefeated as a quote-unquote coach. And I'm sure he does well. I'm sure he does coach and I'm sure he does a very good job of like being a team leader. The way I look at it more is like he's like a team captain. But let's not kid ourselves. He retired. He's in the peak of his athletic prime right now. He should be fighting. Oh, he's done so much for the sport already. Da, 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 da. I mean, you can look at his record. He fought cans. Let's not get it twisted. He fought cans as a pro. It's not. He did fight UFC caliber fighters. Don't get me wrong. What he did to Dustin Poirier and all those guys. 
Absolutely. But he's not a god. So this idea that he needs to, like, we need to watch every step of his. And so when he decides that he's going to retire from MMA and all aspects of the sport, okay, why should we care? And then why is that publicity? I know MMA media isn't, there's not like a much to talk about. I mean, this week kind of gave us, I mean, this past week kind of gave us a lot with Dana White slapping his wife and um, a couple fighters passing away um, and that kind of stuff and fights being, like, fights being announced. So to me, if Khabib wants to make the decision, I'm not going to fight or be in the fighting realm anymore, good. And the in the words of my training partner and friend Ash, then don't have an opinion about MMA either. Then everyone in the MMA world, we're done talking about him. He's out. He's out. Then he's out. All right? That's the way I look at it. It's like, if he wants to be out, then he's out. So he's not going to be in the corner of Usman Magomedov this weekend, who fights Hani Baralis, which is great. Um, or Hani Barcelos, sorry. Thinking of a different person. That was kind of the same name. Um, I'm going to say Umar does a great job and goes by the plan and beats Barcelos. And that's going to be without Khabib in his corner. And this is going to tie what I'm going to say. All, 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 I'm going to tie everything I was saying together. Despite Khabib being in their corner. Like, all this idea that, like, Oh my God, this one guy is so great as a fighter and as a coach and stuff like that. No, dude. I think it's the mentality of all the people that these guys grow up with. They're a product of their environment. Slash, Khabib is the only... Khabib, I could argue, is the only one that made an environment a product of them. But even all that, these guys are a part of, product of their environment. They are hard-nosed fighters. They sambo, sambo world champions or sambo competitors. Like They are built for this. So regardless if Khabib's in Umar's corner or not, I think he wins on Saturday night. What I mean by that is, and what I mean by all that is, let's not just get hung up on the one guy. This guy's name, Nurmagomedov. Fuck, there's an, I learned this the other day. You can look this up. There's a Turkish fighter named Hamzat Bors, some other last name. There's going to be another one. There's going to be fighters like them. So get caught up on the one person. I get that he's undefeated. So is this Umar guy. He's undefeated too. Let's talk about Umar Nurmagomedov now. Let's talk about Islam Makachev. I know Islam has a loss, but at least Islam's loss is against a guy that we saw at top level competition. Like that shows me more respect for Islam that he's now gone undefeated since that because he's learned. In my mind, the way I look at it is if Khabib came back, it's a hard road for him to come back because there's no doubt that he can beat a lot of the guys still. But the further and further you get away from the sport, and if you want to completely disengage yourself from the sport, and if you were to come back and try to make that 30-0, there's a lot of things that we haven't seen in the cage at a high level from him. If he got cut, if he got knocked down, and I, I mean, courtesy to him, like he's never let those things happen. But when you distance yourself from the sport and then come back and the sport's evolved without you, that's why I don't think he'll ever be 30. That's why we won't ever get a 30 and 0 Khabib. And we should worry more about the guys that are super active and are active at the highest level, the Umars, the Islams, and the whoever else. Even the Bellator guys. I know Bellator right now has a Nurmagomedov champion or a Saeed, Saeed. But anyway, point being is like, focus on those guys now. He's gone. Let him go. Let him go. All right. And then we have uh, Ketlin Vera and Raquel Pennington. Big fan of Ketlin. She's a, she was a wrestler for Brazil. I forget if she like was a champ. But her last fight, I'm pretty sure she won against 
not the Kunitskaya foot. It was uh, Holly Holm, Misha Tate, and she lost to Yana Kunitskaya. So she's on a two-fight winning streak. And her last fight was against Holly Holm that she won. And in that fight, she played a little bit safe because Holly Holm was like an idol to her. In a, or no, the Misha Tate fight, she was like that. Uh, Holly Holm fight, she did well. <coughs> um, and then Raquel Pennington. <clears throat> Still doing the damn thing. I'm pretty sure she won her last fight too. Yeah. She's on a four-fight winning streak. Raquel's a hard Raquel's gonna be a hard fight because uh Ketlin's kind of the same style. They're kind of the same style. But I don't see Raquel quitting. And that's the difference, is I think Raquel's more of a dog and that kind of fight. Three rounds though, you know, obviously the younger person can be more explosive and keep up that pace for three rounds. However, the Raquel Pennington situation of her being a more of a dog, if things get a little bit, you know, being the same style, if they hurt each other or whatever, I see Raquel winning a decision in that sense or finding a submission in the chaos, right? Or I see like a TKO in a in like a quitting aspect, right? I don't really see like a one punch knockout or anything like that. My mind, I'm going to go Raquel Pennington because I'm going to go for the dog. And as far as like betting or whatever, if you were to put money on it, it's probably, she's probably the underdog. So get some money on that side. I don't know betting terms. Um, and then we have the Punale Soriano versus Roman Kopilov. Kopilov? Nine and two, nine and two. At middleweight, 30 and 30. Oh, this dude is, yeah. guy's pretty good. Great who he beat. I'm pretty maybe it was Joaquin. He beat No, he beat uh DeCurico. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I was really surprised by him. Oh no. See? See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah. It, I mean, these guys are going to sling. That's what Roman was saying. He seeks a stand-up battle with Soriano. So, he wants to sit there and uh, and throw punches. Listen. I'm going to go with the Russian guy. Once again, dog mentality. I can count on the Russian guy to be a dog. Soriano, I think I'm pretty sure he's coming off of a win, but he had a really hard time with a guy who didn't who was constantly in his face. Yeah. The Nick Maximov fight. I see this a lot like this. Nick Maximov just kind of kept going forward he's one of those diaz guys but he had really good wrestling and i kind of see that fight for this it's just like roman putting the pressure on him putting soriano on the or soriano on the back foot not letting him get the explosive power out of those punches and being like technically pressuring um i'm going to go with the russian cat and then the featherweight division for the co-main event dan Inge versus or dan Ige versus uh damon jackson Dan Ige, 100%, one all day. I can even move on to the next one. Damon Jackson's had a couple good fights. He's got veteran dog savvy in him. But this is one of the cases where having a dog isn't enough. Like, Dan Ige is a dog, but on top of that, he's technically better than Damon Jackson. So, uh, immediately, two dogs in the yard, it, it negates each other. It's the guy with the better technique and the guy that's been fighting at the highest level with uh, against the best people. And keeping that good composure. So, Dan Ige all day. And then finally, we have Nasruddin Imamov versus Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, the first fighter to ever go back-to-back -back headlining. Um, just came off of a loss against Jared Cannonier. I watched the fight. Typical Sean Strickland fight moving forward. Not enough volume towards the end. And then Jared Cannonier slowly getting the bigger and more punishing shots off. 
as the fight went on and doing a good job of lateral movement, getting off to an angle, switching stances, never letting the Sean Strickland forward pressure continue. We'll eventually get into the fact about the Alex Pajara thing. And then since 2021, I was talking about it. So eventually we'll talk about it. But um, as long as you keep that kind of diversity in your striking and fight IQ with the moving laterally and not standing in front of Sean Strickland, you'll always, you'll technically be better than him and do a good job. And like most likely deal with that, like weird hand trapping jab cross combination thing that he does. And Nasruddin's kind of the guy for that. Nasruddin is the middleweight Cyril gone Dagestani who doesn't wrestle has the wrestling capability of a Dagestani, but chooses to fight like Cyril gone. Um, in and out, different stances, different looks. As a middleweight, it's going to be very hard to deal with that. There's only going to be a couple middleweights, maybe like a Robert Whitaker, and then obviously the Izzy, the Alex Pajara, that are going to be able to deal with a guy like Imamov because he's so fluid. Obviously, there's fights when he gets in. He, his Joaquin Buckley fight, I don't know if people didn't like it. Um, But technically, when you watch him, He's so good. He lost to Phil Hawes on a majority decision. And that's the thing. He like lost in a decision. But uh, he's just so good. Technically. Edmund Shabazian, he got into Crucifix. Beat up Ian Hyanish. And then Joaquin Buckley. It was one of those fights where I like fight watching the fight, he technically looked very good, but maybe the crowd didn't like it. Because they were expecting Joaquin Buckley to do some crazy ninja shit, and that just doesn't happen. Because when you have a guy as good as Nasruddin, like you can't just walk forward, and that's the Sean Strickland thing. Like you're not going to be able to just walk forward on this guy. Um, but there's no one better to step in on that late notice with dog mentality. The co-main event, and main event. Usually, I would choose the dog in this situation, right? But the technicality on the other side, I think, outmatches that. And they also have the dog's mentality, too. Nasruddin's going to be his first five-round fight. We'll see if he can handle the pressure of the pace of Sean Strickland and the pressure. Um, but I think with the patience of Nasruddin and the variety of his strikes, or the variety of his techniques, I think that's going to out outdo Sean. And that's a big thing. Like When you watch these fights, a good way to know and pick on who you want or who you think is going to win, if it seems dead even, go back, watch their fights, see who has more diversity in their strike, like successful diversity. I don't mean like the, I don't mean like the Cody Garbrandt, like low, low leg sweep kicks that he tries to do from fucking Street Fighter. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the variety and like, do they switch stances? Do they throw a jab cross? And then maybe like a kick from the same side, jab cross different side kick like do they do they switch it up never give a beat and that's kind of how you do they throw in takedowns obviously do they that's kind of how you can you can pick who's gonna win is someone who's comfortable at that highest level doing everything proficiently and effectively compared to someone who yeah i mean obviously they might be talented in like a striking only or grappling only sense but sports evolved it gets people get better Imamov, my guy. I'm going Imamov. So, recap. Umar Nurmagomedov, Raquel Pennington, Roman Kopilov, Kopilov Dan Ige, and Nasruddin Imamov. Put your money down on it or don't. Up to you. I don't really care. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, next is going over some news, going over some, like, what's going on in the MMA world. Let's catch up on some stuff. Is this blue? Is this is this white or whatever that thing that picture was? Remember a long time ago? Um, Daniel Cormier, good, yeah. Debate that Dana White was was wrong for altercation with wife. Good way to not really step up to your boss, right? For all the for all the despicable shit you would talk about to John Jones, this is the this is the worst you're gonna give. He was in the wrong. There's no debate. He was in the wrong for it. You know what? Let me see if he said anything more before. 
before I just start. Dana White was wrong. Okay. Da, 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 da. Now there's a question though. In these sentences, the only thing that you can think about first is the family children, the rest of the family will take care of this. But Dana's made no excuses for his actions. Some fighters are trying to defend him. He doesn't defend himself. Why should anyone defend him? I was wrong. Everyone knows I was wrong. How does he go forward and to lead the charge to help people in this type of situation? Sorry that I'm not reading this, but you know, I'm assuming my my listeners. Oh yeah, there's listeners. Okay, let me read it. It's no debate. It's not like you can sit up here for ten minutes and debate whether or not it was right or wrong. There's no debate. Everyone is on the same page. He said it's wrong. I know it's wrong. I know you know it's wrong. And everyone around the world knows it's wrong. But in reality, is what comes next. How does Dana White help this issue going forward? I think what's important. Quote, unquote, by Dana Corhe. Absolutely. But she said some pretty nasty things about John Jones in the same situation. And I understand this man pays your bills. I understand that. But... Are we standing up for what's wrong or are we standing up for what's right? And in this situation, I think Dana White should go on fucking leave. I think he should get suspended. I think um, for what he did on national television, it's a PR fucking nightmare. Obviously not for the slap. Well, I guess it was for the slap power slap competition. I thought it was more for the demographic of people that it was just an awesome promotion thing that he was doing. Turns out it wasn't. It was a real domestic violence situation and he wasn't pandering to the power slap community. That being said, sorry for any power slapping fans. Just kidding. It's awful. Why would you sit, why would you sit there and take getting slapped? It's the same thing with combat jiu-jitsu. Fight each other. 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 Just anyway, point being, it's absolutely wrong. You never hit a woman. There's that great bit, uh, Anthony Jeselnik. I think you never hit a woman, but what if she's drowning? What if she's she's killed two of your kids and is like drowning in the middle of the third one? I th- maybe Daniel Tosh in the middle of drowning the third one. Do you like hit her then? See how crazy of a parallel you'd have to make to make it till it's okay to like physically do something in a situation like that. There's drinking involved and everything, but I've been in college, I've been blacked out, and I've seen both sides of this. I've seen both sides of it, right? I've I've been on the end of getting hit while we were both drunk, and you just, as a man, you have to just be a fucking man and be like, I can't. You you just can't. You're a different species. You will do damage. And Dana White is fucking big. You know? It's not okay on either side, obviously. But this is where being a man is necessary. Jerry Prohoshka sitting right here and I can't help but look. And it's like, he's the, he's like the, the, what you want. He's not a hothead. He's one of the most dangerous men in the world, but he's humble and quiet. And that's, that's the difference. And that's where you see Dana White is a promoter. That's where you see promotion in this sport is garbage business. You are in the business of pinning people to fight each other for barely any money. You're probably a garbage human being. Oh man, I guess I'm not going to get invited to some UFC events. It, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't, that kind of behavior, I go, well, duh, the guy's in the business of shady fighting promotion. He's been in that kind of business. That's why to me, Jerry Prohoshka is the role model. He steps into that cage. He does the unspeakable in the fact that he beats the hell out of grown men, his size or bigger. Becomes the champion. And then he can go back to being humble as all else. He can go to the woods and punch a tree and become one with nature. After after being in this mecca of 
combat sports with millions of people screaming your name, going home, and their whole country just reveling in your praise. And this guy would never act act out of violence, even if he was inebriated. Because he's a fucking man. And he's disciplined. And he's what people should, the men should aspire to be. Dana White is the most, is a successful man, has all the money in the fucking world, yet he's not happy at home. Because what he does isn't manly. Because he's not that guy. He's not someone who's mentally checked and has their discipline under control. He's got all the money in the world and has and has been in a relationship with his wife forever, has kids, has successful businesses, has a sh- shitty food thing that he does every Friday. And yet that man's still not happy and still can't get his emotions in check. Oh, I was drunk. It's not an excuse, homie. It's definitely not a fucking excuse. Oh, it's it's a debate. He's wrong. He's wrong. What's the oh? He's gonna go help people. He's gonna go. He's gonna go pour money into into domestic violence charities that probably don't go to any victims at all, and probably just go back to people that own the charity and fucking run the nonprofit because most charities are. We know. Oh, he's wrong. More than wrong, dude. You should be asking. You should be. You should be trying to get. You should be voting to get your boss fired. He makes everybody look bad. Hey, remember when people thought that the UFC was just a bunch of, uh, is just like cage fighting and just like, um, no, it's like human cockfighting is what uh, Senator McCain said. What's human cockfighting? Hey, when your president slaps his wife in front of everyone, it doesn't really help your point. And we're 20 years past that or 10 years past that. Anyway. Um, sadly, a couple athletes have passed away. Stefan Bonner passed away along with Victoria Lee. Devastating for the Lee family. I mean, 17-year-old um, MMA professional fighter. She's 3-0. and Well, she was 3-0. and Um condolences to the lee family i'm sure that's really hard they they quit or they um they closed their gym down you know and christian and angela are still champions and still fight sorry my cat's right here if y'all can't see he's about to fall um but anyway, condolences. And then Stefan Bonner, obviously. Sad. A lot of people saying, oh man, super sad. But no one was there. You know, when things were going rough for him. And I guess things were rough for him towards the end. I mean, it is. it does suck when like Forrest gets a salary job at the UFC PI for nothing but like cracking jokes. And being like a good mascot. It's like it could have easily been a job for two. You know, maybe Forrest takes one day and then Stefan takes the next day. It's not a complicated job. And like I said, Dan White has all the money in the world. Could have helped the guy out a little bit. Whatever, you know. Obviously. Like, I guess it goes back to the very beginning of this whole podcast and video session. It's like. We only care about the winners. And I guess since Forrest won all those years ago, even though it took two to make it happen, um, he's the only one that's that's um, entitled to any job. Because, you know. Anyway. Ian Gary looking for a fight against Brian Barberina, which is hilarious because Brian Battle's looking for a fight against Ian Gary. And Ian Gary is looking for a guy that's in Gastonia, not too far from Brian Battle. Could have easily been Brian. Just saying. Just saying, Ian Gary. 
Uh, AJ McKee resigns with Bellator. Of course, he probably gets paid a lot of money. Why wouldn't you? Especially when you see what the UFC is getting paid. Along with when you watch what happens with the UFC, there's nothing. If you're a, if you're a pro fighter now and you watch what happened with uh, Dana White, I don't know. If I, if I was like, if my contract was up with Bellator or Ryzen or whatever, or one, I'd be like, maybe just re-sign me. It's probably not the best time. Gunnar Nelson versus Daniel Rodriguez. Oh, shit. Hell yeah, dude. I love me some Gunny Nelson. Gunnar Nelson. Oh, what a battle. Daniel Rodriguez actually has pretty good jiu-jitsu. Gunnar Nelson has way better jiu-jitsu, that's for sure. His striking, too, is uh, it's going to be hard to deal with. But, like, especially for, like, Daniel Rodriguez, who's a pretty forward-pressing boxer. Gunner's in and out style is going to be hard. But my question is, does the half guard to back control, does it work? You know, Or does Daniel Rodriguez do his homework and realize? It's a little bit of a puzzle to solve. <laughs> nice. 69%. All right, let's uh, go to some joke news. Well, not really joke news, but the less serious news. Um, actually, let me do. Let me check if there's anything else. Oh, also, uh, uh, Phil Baroni. Christ, killed his girlfriend in Mexico. He had 50 to 75 years in prison for alleged murder. Neighbors saw violent temper. Oh, man, all in Mexico. Not good. Not a place that you want to be arrested and put in jail. I don't care how many years you fought in the UFC. I don't care how bad of a tough guy you are. I mean, from going from slapping your wife New Year's Eve to killing your girlfriend. Yeah. There are some shitheads in this fucking sport. There are some pieces of shit for sure. Not going to beat around the bush. Fighting. It's professional fighting. There are going to be some garbage human beings. <clears throat> but it's about being better than that, right? It's about um, between the last time I filmed this or last time I did this podcast and um, now uh, the new God of War came out and you know, a guy who had a really bad past and Kratos learned from his mistakes and and told his son, it's not about, it's about being better, right? You have to teach your kids to be better. You have to, you have to do what you can to make sure that everyone is, the next generation's better than the previous generation. And there are some people that do not get the fucking memo. I do not get the memo. You don't you don't think Dana White's kids see that and go, I mean, if my dad can. And it's it's one thing. And it's like it's one thing if you perpetuate it in like like in really impoverished areas, like where where crime is where crime is not normal. It's kind of every day. But people get the repercussions because in the sad case of the United States and around the world, lower or lower income families and lower income places are going to have higher crime and on top of that are going to be patrolled more and more, I guess not so much in certain states now, uh, by the police. And that's why there's a, a big cycle of you go to prison, you get out, you come back, da 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 But... Because they don't have the money. But when you have someone who has the money to do stuff like that and they can get away with it, quote unquote, and they can pay whatever they need to pay, the kids or, you know, whoever 
is looking up to you can see that it's, oh, it's just a slap on the wrist. If I just slap my wife in front of everybody, it's just a slap on the wrist. Oh, it's no big deal. I'll just pay whoever I need to pay. There's no response. There's no self-responsibility. And uh, it's kind of hard to teach that. How are you going to teach that when your influence and power makes it all go away, makes everything quote unquote normal? Right. Bellator 8-man lightweight world Grand Prix lineup announced will start March 10th. Oh, the day after my birthday. What a present. I love the world. I love the the tournaments that Bellator does. I think it's cool. Um, my overall in the past couple of years that I've really liked is just the PFL format. Treat it like a sport. It's a season. You fight for a season. And if you win, you win a million dollars. Obviously, you make money every fight, but there is a prize of a million dollars. Incentivizing people to win with a grand prize, but also also letting them live and perform the best that they can by making sure that their bills are paid so they don't have anything else to worry about. And then they can focus on winning that million dollars. And it's been great. You're changing people's lives. Love the PFL. 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 I don't know how that works with ESPN and the UFC, but whatever. Um, all right, joke news. Scott Coker reacts to pretty funny cancellation of Dylan Dennis versus KSI. Not going to talk about that. Um, KSI, Dylan Dennis, da 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 They're going to box. <laughs> well, more than enough. Why should anyone... <laughs> Marvin Mentori explains why Alex Pajero will beat Israel Adesanya again if they rematch. Let's see if it's a concise, detailed reason, or if it's the same reason why I think he would win. No, no, if they Pajero fight with Izzy again, he'll beat Izzy again. It's just, I don't know, I feel like he had a mission on beating him. Now, he doesn't even really, uh, even, I mean, of course he cares because everyone cares about money, but he knows that it's very good crap, but I don't mind. What? But I don't mind him. I like him. If I have a chance to fight him, I definitely want to fight him. Now I feel like I have to do a couple fights before. How does this... How does this... That wasn't really an answer. Alright, the reason why I think uh, Pajara beats Izzy in the, the rematch is because uh, he's beat him three times already. End of story. Tatiano Suarez is returning against uh, Montella de la Rosa. That should be fun. Tatiana Suarez, if you didn't know, was like an Olympic gold medal wrestler. She's probably the biggest dark horse of the strawweight division, but she's had injuries after injuries after injuries. I mean, I don't know if they're even fighting. The Corey Sanhagen Alger, or Algermain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. I don't think they're fighting. Corey Sanhagen versus someone. We're getting that fight soon. Let's see. We're getting a really good fight soon no vera versus Corey sanhagen yeah speaking of johan anyway all right back to this all right is that it that might be it. 
Um, that might be it. Yeah, 50 minutes. Been pretty good. Uh, yeah, so in total, in all, it's good to be back. I'm glad we have this whole setup now. I can continue bringing you guys. Oh, wait. It's been fun. Thank you. Um, but that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, we're getting ready for fights in February. Once again, support Troy at Uriah Faber's A1 Combat League. A1 Combat number seven, Knight of Champions. Um, please, 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 please support him. Watch it. January 13th live at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And then in February, we've got Xavier fighting at Underground Battle something in Myrtle Beach. It's Derek Brunson's promotion, so that'll be fun. He's looking to win his next fight. He had a really good showing his last fight. Sadly, he lost in a third-round submission, but looked very good all those rounds prior to it. Good to learn these lessons now as an amateur. Hopefully we can put it all together in his next fight. Other than that, and Gegard Musasi versus Fabian Edwards for Paris. Ooh, that's a good fight. Leon Edwards' brother is going to fight Gegard Musasi, who I think is arguably one of the best middleweights of all time. Um, gets overlooked, sadly. Now, you could say like now, but no, I was talking about Anyways, Prime's weird because this dude's he's got like 50 something fights and he's only like 38, 36 or something. When I say only for the number of fights he has, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, Edwards is two and nine. He's 37, and he's got, where's his, they don't have his fight record. My cat's falling. Um, all right, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, like and subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, on top of that. Um, Sunscrap Nation, sunscrapnation.com for anything else. Training. You can book training here, Charlotte, North Carolina. Come train with me one-on-one. -on -one. Book your times. The schedule is available. Sunscrapnation.com for more information. I've been your host once again, Daniel Jonas. I hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you next week.